Liran Hertzkorn here, your host of the e-commerce mindset podcast. And I just finished interviewing Josh Awad of Flywheel Commerce. I also happen to be an advisor to Flywheel Commerce. And you'll hear us having a conversation about the benefits of acquiring and having brands, multiple brands in the same vertical and what opportunities can come uh, from owning multiple brands in the same vertical, as well as an omni-channel approach to e-commerce, to meeting customers where they are, to leveraging email lists across brands, uh, etc. So I think you'll enjoy this interview with Josh Awad. The podcast is sponsored by IncrementumDigital.com. Incrementum Digital is my sponsored ads agency where we help you grow your brand on Amazon using the power of Amazon advertising. Um, I've also been helping sellers out with inventory financing needs uh, over the last couple of months and have been able to help uh, several sellers get uh, financing for their business for the next six to 12 months. You can reach out to me on Incrementum Digital or on uh, inventory financing. My email is in the show notes. And if you happen to be looking to sell your business, you'll hear this interview with Josh Awad of Flywheel Commerce. And you can always reach out to him or me if you're looking to uh, sell your e-commerce business. Enjoy this interview with Josh Awad. Okay, so today on the show, we have with us Josh Awad. Uh, Josh is a uh, partner and uh, one of the founders of both Flywheel Commerce and OnePet. Uh, I'm actually uh, acting in an advisory role to, to the company uh, as well. Um, Josh, welcome to the show. Liron, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, let's talk um, a little bit first. Um, we're we're going to get into talking about, um, you know, acquiring, uh, acquiring Amazon brand, uh, uh, cross-selling within within particular verticals, uh, marketing marketing off Amazon. But before we get into that, um, talk a little bit if you can about um, how you got into how you got into the e-commerce space and maybe what your what your experience was uh, beforehand. Sure. Happy, happy to share a little bit about that. I think um, I've had a, a bit of a non-traditional background compared with uh, many people in the space. So I started, uh, I started my career in the Navy. Uh, I went to the Naval Academy for undergrad and then, uh, became a surface warfare officer, uh, right around the time we invaded Iraq. So that was the, the start to my career. Um, so participated in, uh, operation, uh, Iraqi freedom, then went in, um, hunted some pirates off Somalia and then was stationed uh, at Navy Europe headquarters in Naples, Italy. So I had a pretty cool start to my career there. Um, after after the Navy, I went to uh, Harvard Business School, got an MBA, and joined uh, one of the big consulting companies uh, where my career was focused on private equity and technology, um, which kind of foreshadows you know, where I am today. Um, that was a great experience. I got to work out of four offices on three different continents. Uh, so I worked out of the, the London office, the Sydney office, uh, Frankfurt, and then eventually Washington, D.C. Um, really loved the people uh, in, in that job. The work was, was really challenging. Um, and the exposure to so many different types of businesses was a, was a great learning experience as well. 
Um, but one of the frustrating things about consulting is that you don't really own anything. Um, you sort of let you, you analyze these problems, you give recommendations and you help the decision makers kind of implement your, your recommendations. Um, but I, I really felt that for me, uh, not having that, that ownership was something that was missing. And so I, I, I decided to leave consulting and, and become an entrepreneur. And, uh, that was, that was in 2015. And, and since then I've been, uh, been, been working only in, in businesses that, uh, that, that I've owned and, and I've loved every, <clears throat> every minute of it. So, and so what was your sort of first venture into, into entrepreneurship or what kind of business did you get into? Yeah. So, um, my, my, my first business probably taught me more about what not to do than what to do. <laughs> um, so okay. I actually, I, I started a, a company with, um, uh, a friend who was, uh, at, at Exxon at the time. And it was, um, it was, uh, providing water services in the oil and gas space. And so, um, we ended up built, uh, building that company up and, and selling it, um, for a you know, fairly, fairly small amount of money. But we, we were, um, you know, I, I didn't love the industry. I think there were some, some, uh, you know, things that i didn't like about one of the other partners in the business. So it was sort of a, a crash course in entrepreneurship and how to pick the right partners, how to pick the right industry, how to, um, you know, think about what's a good fit for, for me as an entrepreneur and, and what's important to me. Yeah. And yeah, so there's probably a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of lessons there. What, what would you say as far as like, um, you know, for those listening, you know, I, I've seen a lot of discussions as far as like, you know, how do you how do you pick a right partner or co-founder or, um, or or how do you avoid the wrong, you know, the wrong the wrong partner in, in a business? And some people have the philosophy that they'll never go into a business with a partner. Some some that they'll never do a business without a partner. Um, any advice based on that experience? Yeah. So uh, a couple thoughts there. I think um, deep trust uh, in your partners is incredibly important. Um, you know, you're going to spend more time with this person than, than your family or, or your, you know, your partner. And so I think, um, really making sure that you have the same kind of vision and values and, and understanding what the other hopes to, to achieve in the business is incredibly important. And then I think, um, you know, it, fairly obviously having complementary complementary skill sets is also, also critical. So if you're, if you look too similar, um, it, it, it's probably not a great fit in a partnership. I think the other, the other thing that I would say is that, um, I, I know lots of, of very successful entrepreneurs who have gone it alone. And I think that's definitely the right path for some people. I've started, um, four different companies now, all of them with partners. And I think for me, I really enjoy um, kind of the camaraderie of, of building something with someone else. And there, there's natural highs and lows um, for anybody that's been an entrepreneur. Some, some days are amazing and, and some days are terrible. And, and having, having someone to sort of counterbalance um, your emotions as you go through this entrepreneurial journey um, is, is something that I, you know, I think is super helpful. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so from from there, how did you get into getting into the the e-commerce space? Yeah. So um, I was I was working with um, you know my my two partners now in the in the one pet business. Um, at the time, we um, we were uh, working on a few different sort of e-commerce opportunities, and um, one of the ones that that started to get some traction was uh, is called Certipet. So that that business is still around, um, Certipet.com, and it's a media site uh, about um, uh, about pets. It's also um, a service which allows for um, uh, pet owners who have, who have a need to have an emotional support animal to match with a, a therapist online and, um, you know, potentially get an emotional support animal letter if they're a good candidate. So kind of an early version of, of telehealth. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, as that, as that company got traction, uh, we started, um, building and buying other assets in the pet space. And so we've kind of built that one pet portfolio up to, you know, a handful of operating companies as well as, um, you know, dozens of, of, of kind of websites. So that's, that's how it started. Got it. So you took, so basically you, you built up an audience of obviously people who, you know, have uh, an affinity for, for pets and who, who have a pet and, and then leverage sort of that audience to create physical product brands in the pet space. That's, that's exactly right. Um, we, we found that, um, you know, one having that trusted relationship with, with our audience, um, was a great way to sort of, um, you know, encourage them to, to purchase other products that, or services that, that we offered and, and also gave us the opportunity to make sure that the, that we were offering were something we could be really comfortable recommending. And, and sort of going deep into, into the space of having, you know, multiple, uh, multiple brands within a particular niche obviously has a lot of benefits, right? Like, you know, being able to cross sell products, upsell, um, and and kind of leverage 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 an audience to to sell across multiple brands. It, absolutely, absolutely. I think there's there's lots of opportunities um, to to build value, and I think there's also lots of opportunities just to to go deep in a space, to develop some real domain expertise. Um, fundamentally, entrepreneurs are solving problems for people, and as you as you sort of gain more and more knowledge in a particular area, it allows you to, to solve those problems more easily. And so um, we found that, you know, to be a, to be a real competitive advantage, um, having, having multiple assets all in this cluster around, you know, serving, serving people and their pets. Got it. And so, and so from there, um, from there you, you know, founded or, or co-founded uh, a company called Flywheel Commerce, which is looking to acquire, uh, looking to acquire more more e-commerce brands. Yes, absolutely. So, one of the things, um, and you know, listeners of, of your podcast, um, you know, we we 
we were late to the game uh, on Amazon from from a one pet perspective, and um, we saw the tremendous growth and tremendous opportunity there. We had primarily focused in the in the direct consumer e commerce world where we're we're very strong, um, and and we're sort of newcomers to the uh, to the Amazon game. And so as we saw, um, you know, the the potential there. Um, I got really excited about um, buying Amazon businesses, um, one with with the ability to, to to continue growing them on Amazon, but also to um, use some of the skills uh, that that I've been developing and and help grow them off Amazon as well. Got it. So, and I mean, did you? Why 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 do you think you sort of were late? late to the game and like never taking these brands necessarily and you know and leveraging amazon did, did you think i'm like did you i mean were you looking at one point at amazon as like why would i want to sell there and maybe compete on price or pay amazon fees or or uh was there kind of a particular strategy or as far as like not being on amazon and growing the brands first first off of yeah, Amazon? I, you know, I think it was a, it was a mindset thing. Um, primarily it was that we wanted to serve the customer directly and to have the relationship with the customer. And in some ways we're viewing Amazon as, as a competitor. Um, and I think some, there, there's some elements of truth to that, but I also think that um, as Am- Amazon has grown to be such a massive presence, I think, you know, 50% of, of physical product e-commerce goes through Amazon or some some incredible number like that, mm-hmm. um, that it actually can be uh, very complementary to a, a direct-to-consumer business. But it, it took us a while to uh, to get there and come to that <laughs> that point of view. Right. And, and I guess one of the one of the advantages of um, one of the advantages of having the audience off Amazon first is that there's probably people coming to Amazon searching for the brands already. And so it does give you somewhat of a head start if you've built that audience off Amazon and there there's probably already search volume for the brand name. People, people, you know, when they see an ad or when they see the, the, the website, they might go to Amazon to check out the reviews or they might just want to buy on Amazon because they have prime. Um, and in, in some ways it does kind of give you, a little bit of a of a head start having having built that brand to some extent off of Amazon. Absolutely, I think um, there's our, our branded search um, is is usually strong out of the gate uh, when, we, when we launch a, a brand or a product on Amazon. I think just having an email list and and I know you talk about this um, on, on your podcast and in other episodes, but. Having having an email list can be really powerful, and uh, and you know, in the in, on the one pet side of things, we have over a million people um, that are presumably all pet owners on our on our list, and um, and so having having that at your disposal when you launch a product onto Amazon can be um, incredibly powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So so. So you then decided um, to to form uh, to form Flywheel Commerce as essentially sort of this this company that's going to come in and look to to buy Amazon brands either either in the pet space and I think also outside of the pet space, but 
to buy Amazon brands and utilize uh, sort of an, an omni-channel approach, right? Uh, essentially grow the Amazon brand, but also utilize off Amazon, uh, off Amazon skills to, to grow their brands further and kind of build up a portfolio of physical product businesses. Absolutely. That's, that's spot on. So I think um, in, in general, our strategy is that, um, you know, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of big players purchasing Amazon businesses right now. Obviously, there's there's Fresio, mm-hmm. there's Perch. Um, I have uh, mm-hmm. a couple of, of VC backed friends in in Berlin that are doing it, and I know of five other teams in in Berlin alone that are doing it. I know of teams all over the U.S. So yeah. There's there's all sorts of of um... Josh. Every almost I would say at least once or twice a month in the last five months, I've spoken to one of these, <laughs> one of these companies, um, you know, that's, that's forming right now to, to do this. And I guess you could say it's a good sign, right? Like institutional money is kind of seeing the opportunity, uh, you know, within, within Amazon and, and, uh, and Amazon businesses. I, I think that's, I think that's right. I think um, it's the institutional sort of recognition of, of these as real viable businesses um, has, has changed the multiples. I think the multiples will continue to evolve it's changed the way that these businesses are perceived. And I think it's, I think it's a great thing for, for everybody selling on, on Amazon. Do, do you think, uh, are you of the opinion that multiples will go, multiples will increase as, you know, you know, 10 big players, 20 big players, whatever, like are trying to compete to, to purchase these, these brands? I, I that is my my perspective. I do think um, competition will bring higher higher prices over time. Um, I also think that there is such an incredible degree of fragmentation on Amazon that that's mm-hmm. probably um, right. you know may may take some time to uh, to materialize. Right, like this, uh, you know they they. In uh, I guess in the in the world of, of startups and kind of comp- competition, there's uh, you know z- zero some like winner take all type game versus versus you know not a winner take take all environment. And this space is definitely there. There's fifteen thousand plus I think just U.S. sellers that that have you know a million dollars or more in revenue. So it's not there's not going to be one company that acquires you know fifteen thousand necessarily fifteen thousand brands. Um, or or acquires all those all those brands. Uh, Thrasio has reached you know a billion dollar valuation with maybe yes, eighty companies or 70, 70 80 companies or, or or something in that range. So so it's not going to the space won't be one of those things where there's just one giant company that's that's. I, I, I couldn't agree with that perspective more. And I also I also think that as as Thrasio and others become larger and larger, they'll be looking to potentially acquire smaller acquirers of, of businesses. So right. um, I think there's lots of opportunity yep. here for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so what's the, so that what, what, what is, you know, essentially flywheel commerce, you know, looking to acquire if I'm, if I'm an Amazon seller, you know, maybe I've been selling for two years or, or three or four. Um, I've built up kind of a business. How do I, you know, one, you know, yeah. How do I position myself to get, you know, the most, uh, 
you know, the, the best multiple and to be in a good position where somebody wants to acquire me? Like, what are the things you look at when you look to acquire businesses? And then um, I know I want to talk a little bit about sort of the the, you know, options and like the upside potential for for the seller who who's selling their business is there is there opportunity to say you know i've taken my brand and and i just spoke to a friend of mine who who uh, i sent uh you know i sent i sent you um you know to to look at the business um and potentially look to look to acquire one of the things she told me is like i've kind of taken the business to the max of where I feel I could take it, but I know there's like massive upside potential, right? Like to, to grow it further, she needs to to do it differently. She needs to build a team. She needs to go from, you know, sort of one person doing everything herself who grew a business to, to 1.5 million to yeah. Off Amazon skill sets and, you know, building out a team and systems and processes. And she kind of just doesn't have the uh, sort of motivation or want to, to, to do that. She rather, go start another brand or, or consult or, or do something else. So uh, let's talk a little bit about like, what's, what are the targets like, you know, or how does the seller position themselves? What are you looking at? Um, and what are like, what are, you know, what's the upside potential? Like why sell to you today versus, you know, continue doing it myself? Yeah. So, so lots there to, to unpack. I think, um, yeah, I'm sure we could talk for quite a while about this. Um, at, at a high level, are the businesses we're looking to buy? Um, we've identified five verticals that we think are you know are, are attractive to us, and um, of course, one of them is pet, um, which we've talked about. Uh, the other four are around um, baby and parenting, uh, outdoors, um, kitchen, and then cosmetics. We're not, you know, we're not only looking at those categories. If we find a, find an attractive business outside of those, um, we'll, we'll certainly take a look at it. I think that, um, you know, our, our our goal is to to create within, you know, to build some real strength, like we've done with Pet, um, in in having some some clusters of businesses that are complementary to each other. And so we've decided that those verticals are kind of ones that, that make sense for us, given where we are. But um, we'll, we'll be happy to kind of look at look at other deals and, and selectively do other deals. So, and and you said um, you may have gotten cut off a little bit. You said five verticals: pet, baby, uh, baby par- parenting, kitchen. Um, yeah. So so baby and parenting is as one, and the other the other two were um, outdoors and cosmetics. Uh, outdoors and cosmetics. You said yes. Got it. So kind of like uh, cosmetics and sort of beauty, beauty, space. beauty broadly. Yeah, exactly. Beauty. Got it. Okay. Got it. Um, and, and essentially, I mean, sort of the, the strategy there is, you know, if you can target in on some niches, then you can have some, um, some scale as far as suppliers and email lists and, um, being able to to take advantage as opposed to being in you know thirty different niches. That's that's right. I think I think we can really really hone in on creating um, in in a particular category products that are attractive to a broad set of consumers and different different brands within um, let's say the baby category may have different value propositions and um, you know you see this you see this in store. 
um, on a physical shelf where, um, you know, Unilever or P&G will have multiple brands of, let's say, toothpaste or pick, pick any, <laughs> in, any CPG mm-hmm. uh, category. And, and really what they're doing is they're creating this, this choice um, between brands that they own. And I think that um, as we think about the digital shelf space of Google and of Amazon, um, what we're really aspiring to do is to create something similar where in, um, I'll just pick a random baby category like diapers, even though diapers isn't something we're currently going after. It'd be mm-hmm. great to have um, brands that show up on that, on that digital shelf. Right. And so from a, from a seller perspective, you know, as, as you're looking, you know, at, at brands to acquire, like, what are what are some of the signs or, or if I'm a seller, you know, maybe I recently started and I'm looking to say, OK, you know, I want to I want to build this brand up over the next two years and then, you know, and then exit. Um, what are some of the things an acquirer is is looking for um, when when looking at, OK, somebody's, you know, uh, on Amazon, that's kind of where they're generating, let's say, 80 to 100 percent of their sales. Uh, what are what are the signals? What should people sort of be thinking about and building towards either to sell now or to sell sometime in the future? Yeah, yeah. So um, great question. So so for us specifically, um, we're typically looking for businesses that have between you know five hundred k at the very low end to ten million or so in revenue um, that are still you know pretty pretty nimble. Um, and so, and then we, we would expect that revenue to be pretty focused. So under, under ideally, um, 10 SKUs for that level of, of revenue, but, um, you know, certainly under 25. And then I think, um, product quality matters a lot. So obviously reviews matter for selling on, on Amazon, but we also you know, have, have a strong belief that, that product quality is incredibly important to sell to sell off of Amazon into any channel. And so we really do look for um, reviews, not just for the, for the strength of those reviews for selling, but to, to help us understand um, the, the quality of the, the product. Mm-hmm. Is good. So, so yeah. So, so, you know, if you, if you're looking to, to sell, you know, a, a million dollar business with, you know, 10 SKUs, uh, is going to be more attractive to somebody acquiring than a million dollar business with 30 SKUs because it's just like more to manage revenue is more fragmented and it's not as, it's not a, as easy to, to operate, uh, to operate that, that business. And, you know, I know different, different, uh, you know, sort of, I would say these kind of roll up, roll up type companies have different ways in which, in which they, they acquire some are, you know, some will go with the philosophy that, you know, we want to buy, you know, 100% of the business, but the upside is, you know, we'll, we'll try to close within, you know, 30, 45 days and pay you cash and you never, you, we have a team and you, you never have to, you don't need to stay on for, you know, six months like or three months like you might need to with, you know, somebody else acquiring and uh, we just close the deal quickly and pay you cash. Um, the the flywheel philosophy is a little bit different, right? It's a little bit more flexible with upside for the for the seller. Yeah. So we we really pride ourselves on having very flexible acquisition structures that are specifically designed for the seller. Um, people all are coming from 
different places in their life where some may need to be out immediately um, uh, for whatever personal reason. And we can support deals like that and, and um, you know, close within 45 days and do an all cash deal. And, um, but, but I think that what's probably our more typical um, type of seller is a, a seller that, um, you know, you kind of, you, you brought this up earlier that maybe they've, they, they've done an, they've built an incredible business and they are, you know, have, have a $10 million revenue business, but they're kind of tapped out on their ability to continue growing it. Um, or maybe burnt out or um, just looking for help and but they want to continue participating in the upside and so um, in in sort of those types of scenarios um, really what, what we do is work with the seller to design a, a structure that that works for them and that could look like um, you know maybe a, a 50 or a 70 percent buyout um, initially, and then, and then having them continue to, um, own equity in the remaining portion of the business that appreciates as we, as we use all of our sort of, um, assets to, to grow the business both on and, and off Amazon. And that, that remaining portion, um, gain, gains a lot of value. And so, um, mm -hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of sellers do, do like that because they, they know what they've built. They know the value of it and they know this can continue to grow. And this allows them to kind of take some chips off the table while still participating in, in the upside growth. Absolutely. And so what are those, so what are those levers, you know, that, um, you know, that, that you're sort of pulling in. So, so let's say, you know, tomorrow you acquire uh, a brand in the, in the, in the pet space, what are you looking at to say, okay, what are we going to do to grow, to grow this brand? Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's, you know, we break it up into on Amazon and, and off Amazon. I think um, for the on Amazon piece, we would use our million plus person list to you know, selectively, <laughs> not the entire list, mm -hmm. to drive, right. to drive additional sales on Amazon, which then um, can help with sales velocity and, and ranking. Um, and, and sort of, you know, add, add additional sort of spending with, with ads to support that and, and really targeted with um, email campaigns, which creates this, you know, the, this flywheel of growth um, that, that we like to talk about a lot. Additionally, um, we've got a lot of relationships with um, publishers that we don't, don't necessarily own, um, but, but have strong relationships with that can help um, get those products featured uh, in, in, you know, other publications off of Amazon or even, uh, in the editorial recommendations that, um, that, that now show up, uh, on Amazon. And so, um, our, our typical kind of approach is to, to focus first on, um, low hanging fruit that we can, we can sort of achieve growth for on Amazon and then to, um, begin building the the off Amazon channel and 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 that can be direct to consumer. We also have a retail um, sales team and so that sells into to traditional brick and mortar retailers. So there's there's a lot of growth levers when we when we acquire a company. Yeah, and and you know I, I think and one of the reasons why you know I had a, a personal uh, you know interest as as coming on as an advisor because I think to to build a let's say real 
you know, in quotes, like real brand, you know, and, and I guess there's a lot of different definitions of brand, but brand is something that, you know, people kind of re- recognize they, they, there's a certain emotion or, or feeling you get right. Like certain voice that, that represents it. And I think to do that properly, you do need to have your own audience and to really build, you know, off Amazon where you can't do that. And, and obviously your, um, you know, my expertise is on, is on the Amazon side, your, your, you know, your background and expertise is a lot, a lot off Amazon in terms of, yeah, retail and direct to consumer and building up email. And, you know, I, I think that's one of the greatest opportunities to, um, you know, to sell an Amazon business, you know, keep, uh, in my opinion, keep some, keep some upside potential and hand it off to somebody who can, you know, who can grow it off Amazon. One of the brands that, um, you know, that uh, uh, I, I can say now, I guess it's kind of odd for me because it's new, but I, I guess we, uh, <laughs> uh, we had in uh, on, on Prime Day, um, you know, uh, uh, you, the team showed me, um, you know, emails that went out from, you know, LA Times, yeah. uh, I think it was on like, here are Prime Day deals, right? So it's like those really, and here are Prime Day deals you should consider. And it showed like some different categories and across the pet brand was, you know, pet was, you know, uh, a brand, uh, one of the one pet brands and uh, uh, getting that in there. I think there were three emails sent out over over the course of a day or something uh, with like prime day deals pointing to the product. And not only, you know, is that driving additional sales, it's outside traffic to Amazon, it helps with ranking. It's it's all and kind of those those relationships and the the ability to, you know, to do that, um, I think is a uh, is is uh, is like a it's a good superpower to to have to to gain that external traffic and external visibility off off uh, off sites yeah like that. yeah there's there's LA Times emails were were really successful for us in driving um you know a pretty pretty incredible Prime Day I think um in, in general I you know one of the things that that I've thought a lot about is um in the you know kind of 2010 to 2015 um sort of time period when I was doing consulting I worked with a lot of um, big brands, uh, that were all started as, as traditional brands, um, that, that, you know, uh, most, most people would know if, if I mentioned the names and they were all thinking about, okay, how, how do I do omni-channel, which is just basically be present, um, and have the same sort of brand messaging and appeal no matter where the customer is. So this was, brands trying to figure out how to do e-commerce, how to do Amazon, um, and, and thinking through that strategy. And I think, you know, now here we are sitting, uh, almost, almost in 2021 and there's all of these really great brands that have been built, um, e-commerce first, but I still think that the problem is, um, is the same, which is, how can you show up wherever my my customer is? And so, how do, how do you meet them where where they are? And that could be on Amazon, that could be on Google, that could be some sort of paid advertising, or it could be on on store in shelf. And I think that um, that's where that's where I see uh, a, a lot of opportunity is really creating um, taking what what have been in in some cases you know, only Amazon brands and then building, turning them into more robust brands that are, that are omnipresent. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, obviously there's the, there's this, this side to Amazon that, you know, carries with it some, uh, you know, some, some risk, uh, uh, every, every person listening that's, that's been selling on Amazon has probably experienced, you know, one of the following, you know, whether it's a suspension or your product gets taken down or, or, you know, maybe an attack by a competitor, if you're, you know, in the top 100 BSR or something of your, or top 1000, you may have competitors, you know, attacking you or upvoting your negative reviews or, you know, just, just a lot of things to, to deal with. And, you know, having your own audience to some extent kind of um, takes some of that, some of that risk um, off the table, knowing at least you're, you can generate sales uh, across, uh, across uh, other, uh, other uh, channels. Um so, so what's, is there any, you know, for, for, um, you know, for somebody that's, you know, looking to, um, looking to exit, I mean, would you have a, like, is there a particular, are you looking for businesses that have been around for a particular length of time? Um, is there like a sweet spot, you know, in terms of, um, how long somebody has been selling on Amazon or, or generating sales? Are you looking for at least two years? Is, is it somebody who, maybe build something up in, in the last year and, and it's taken off. Um, what, what is, what is like, what, you know, in terms of like the length of businesses, you know, time they've been around or, um, or also just advice, like when, when is kind of the ideal time to, you know, to, to exit or to, to sell? Yeah. A great question. I, I think a lot of the other buyers out there are really looking for a minimum of, of two years of history. Um, I, I think for us, we're a little bit more opportunistic. Um, if we can get get um, confidence in the um, quality of the product and um, around the idea that you know, in, if if the product, if the business has only been around for a year, but they're already um, doing doing good volume, we would just want to make sure that we we can be confident that 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 volume is going to sustain. So we don't we don't have a real minimum um, time frame, but uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. We, I'd say most of the businesses that um, have come across my desk so far are kind of in the maybe three to, to six year type time frame because I think that's just in many cases how long it, it takes to build um, build a business of, of that size. But uh, we're absolutely open to, to pretty much anything. Yep, and, and you know some of the some of the kind of core core philosophies, you know, I think of, uh, of a flywheel, um, are, you know, number one, I think, uh, starting with the seller kind of, um, figuring out what, what, it, like you said, what is it that you want? Do you want hundred percent cash out today? Do you want to be, um, do you want to be, uh, involved, um, and, you know, helping your, helping take your brand, um, to, to the next level. I think, uh, you know, Jonathan, who's, um, other co-founder uh, told me we give you superpowers uh, to, to bring your brand to, to the next level. Um, going deep into into verticals, um, cross-selling, upselling, using data, um, and just the, the idea that um, the idea of collaboration. Um, obviously, there's um, 250 billion dollar market growing at uh, you know 20 percent year over year, and and kind of the idea that we can kind of learn. Uh, learn across brands, learn, learn from sellers kind of together um, and grow. And, you know, I think also understanding that um, not every, not every sort of conversation somebody has, you know, 
with Flywheel about selling the brand is going to is going to turn into a sale today. Maybe it turns into uh, an introduction through you know relationships you have or, or I have or Jonathan has um, for for you know things that can improve their business um, and maybe something happens um, down down the line. Um, but these these are all kind of the core philosophies that that drew me also to 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 getting um, involved. Um, and and Josh, what is there? Um, anything else you want to to share? Um, I know people can can get in touch. They can get in touch with. Um, they could they could reach out um, to you. They can also reach out to to me. Um, and if they're interested in in, uh, in in selling the business again, there's kind of a particular interest in certain verticals, but open to looking. I think, like you said, any business five hundred thousand in revenue um, and higher. Um, anything else that you want to to share as far as uh, as far as flywheel commerce um, goes? Yeah, I think you know we we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know to. To your point, Leron, earlier, um, you know, earlier this week, I got a, an email from a seller that um, had reached out and, um, you know, kind of wasn't, it wasn't quite the right fit for us to buy, but um, he'd been looking for some help with creating killer video ads. And I introduced him to um, uh, uh, a great uh, videographer that I've worked with and, and, and a content team that could help put it together and and um it, he was just really you know thankful that that we had done that and said hey you know most people wouldn't help grow the value of, of their business uh if you're trying to buy it and i said look we're, we're trying to build relationships with um high quality sellers and um and you know maybe the timing is right now maybe it's 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 sometime down the road or maybe there's never a transaction that occurs but um, you know, we'd love to hear from, from sellers and feel free to reach out. Um, you know, my email is josh at flywheelcommerce.io. Um, you can find me, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, would be, would be great to hear from, from anybody listening. Excellent. Uh, great. Well, yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on, kind of, uh, talking about, uh, the strategy and, um, what uh, Flywheel Commerce is, is doing in, in the e-commerce space. Um, and uh, yes, uh, feel free to, to reach out. And, you know, I think it's also, you know, for somebody selling, selling the business, um, you know, whether a sale happens or doesn't happen, I think we'll give you some education because, you know, if, if you're not interested uh, in buying the business, you're also going to say why, right? Like, uh, you know, we were looking at a brand and then we saw some of the margins are kind of not, not that great there's some ups and downs right there, there's some things there's some feedback you can get to say okay here's what i also need to improve my business um if i want to be able to sell it or get a better multiple or get a better or get a better deal um etc right so there's there's a certain education that you go through just by kind of putting the numbers together in terms of your business and actually seeing it which is which is probably something you know a lot of sellers probably don't do enough of um, and evaluating, you know, evaluating the business. And, you know, I think there's, there's a certain level of education, whether, whether you go through the process or not for somebody, you know, somebody else kind of having a set of eyes um, on the business. Um, so yeah, thanks so much, Josh, for, for coming on. Um, and uh, yeah, it should be, it should be interesting to see, you know, what happens in this space, you know, over the next, uh, you know, two to three years as, as uh, e-commerce uh, grows, you know, obviously COVID was, uh, is not a, a great thing uh, at all, but, you know, it's definitely, 
accelerated the growth of uh, of e-commerce um, and just creating creating more more opportunity for people that are that are you know selling on Amazon and, and selling uh, products. Absolutely, online. and and I, I I share your sentiment. This is going to be a really exciting space to watch for the next uh, next several years. So thanks for thanks for having me on today. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to the episode and I will see you on the next episode of the e-commerce mindset podcast.